morning church. Welcome to another Sunday of, of preaching via the camera, via technology. I trust all is well with everybody. I hope you have a, a blessed Sunday. Um, enjoy the day and um, yeah, continue to walk humbly and faithfully with Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on Him as we endure, as we look to Him for strength and encouragement and hope. I invite you all, um, please turn with me to Luke chapter 18. We're going to continue in Luke chapter 18. And I'll read from verse 8 as we continue in whose righteousness are we parading. Look at me, look with me at, at verse 8. Actually in the middle of verse 8 of Luke chapter 18. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? On earth. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, praying thus God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for another beautiful morning. Thank you that we can get up and come and listen to what your word has to say to us, your authoritative word, the sacred scriptures, what they have to say to our whole being, our minds, our hearts, to encourage us, to strengthen us, so that we can walk with, with strength and courage out there in this world. Father, help us now, help me especially to be clear as I continue with what righteousness do we parade. Give me wisdom and strength to be clear and understood, but help us all to listen, Father. Help us to hear what your word has to say to our hearts so that we can apply it to our lives, so that we can have a true righteousness, a righteousness that you look upon and see as justified. Have mercy upon me now, Father. Have mercy upon us all. Pray and ask this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Like I've said this morning, we're going to continue with whose righteousness are we parading? You know, no matter what's going on in this world, or well, we all know what's going on now with COVID-19, etc. Whose righteousness are we parading? Is it my righteousness or is it Christ's righteousness, the righteousness that he's given to us through repentance when we believed and put our faith and trust in him. You know, when we hang around friends, whose righteousness do they see? Sometimes, I, and I'm included in this, and I also fall into this trap. You know, when you ask parents about their children, they seem to boast more about what their kids are doing Instead of boasting what God is doing in their lives. 
and 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 we kind of fall into that trap even when 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 we when pastors talk about their churches they they and I must also be careful of this we kind of boast in what God is doing in our church or my church instead of saying instead of boasting about what God is doing in our churches not boasting about what I'm doing in my church because it's it's all about God and and Jeremiah reminds us that this I, I read it last week Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 9 verses 23 to 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. And God knows our hearts. He's all seen. He, he sees what righteousness we parade. It's either a superficial righteousness or it is His that He has given to us as a gift through His Son. And, and it's beautiful that here Jesus shares a parable to show the difference between a righteousness that is true and a righteousness that is false. And a, and a parable, like I said last week, is a short story, a, a, sh a simple and short story. It's an illustration. It's a lesson of truth. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus frequently used parables as a means of illustrating profound truths to convict people of their sin. We would either catch the point or be caught by the point. And I mentioned David and Nathan, and I'd like to just address that because I just brushed over it last Sunday. And, and if you look with me at 2 Samuel chapter 12, we know in chapter 11, it's all about David and Bathsheba, how David committed adultery and, and how he had a husband Uriah murdered in battle. And now in chapter 12, Nathan comes to rebuke David and he uses a parable. He says in verse 1, And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and he brought it up and grew up with him, with his children. He used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms. And it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveller to the rich man. And he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Now listen to David. Listen to what goes on inside David. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. Verse 7, Nathan said to David, You are the man. As we can see, David was caught by the point. 
It was a sting to his heart. And that's how a parable works. You might think, wow, you know, we've just read Luke chapter 18 verses 9 to 14. And we just heard about this Pharisee and the tax collector. And no way am I like that Pharisee. Maybe at the end of the sermon, you're wrong. Maybe we are like the Pharisee. Maybe this parable turns our whole life upside down. Because in this parable, which, which, we, which we read and we see Jesus, he shows true faith. He shows true righteousness. So whose righteousness are we parading? And last Sunday, we looked at our first type of righteousness, which was a false righteousness. We looked at the Pharisee and it's the most unlikely person to have a false righteousness because the Pharisee in Jesus' day was a religious leader and he was a, a man of God and he was looked upon. But no, Jesus sees right through them. And he, and he uses these two types of people to show the two types of righteousness. But what's amazing, if you look with me in verse 8, and that's the reason why at verse 8, I read verse 8. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now, the beautiful thing is Jesus doesn't leave us hanging there and to say, well, what is it going to look like? What is earth going to look like without faith? No, here we see God's grace, God's mercy, God's love and God, God's compassion. Because in verses 9 to 14, he shows us what a false faith looked like and what a true faith looks like. And that's the beautiful thing about God. He's always warning us. He's always showing us. He's always helping us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling, pleasing Him. And He, and he so He uses the, um, the Pharisee in chapter 18 verses 9 to 11 to show us a false faith. Righteousness. That's why he starts verse 9. Some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. And then he says, Jesus says, two men went up to pray. One a Pharisee, supposed to be a believer, a man of God. And the other a tax collector, supposed to be an unbeliever, a sinner. But he shows us, there's the Pharisee, there's the tax collector. Now we will see. Who has a true righteousness and who has a false righteousness. See, Christian can fool Christian. We can fool each other. But we cannot fool God. He sees our hearts. He, he sees our righteousness. The righteousness that we actually parade. He's all known. He's all powerful. He's all present. He's all seen. And like I said, sadly, it's the Pharisee's righteousness that is false. The religious leader of the day. Not all of them. There was Nicodemus. He, was a, he had a true righteousness. He eventually came to true repentance. But what made this Pharisee's righteousness false? Well, just, let's just recap quickly. In verse 11, we see that he went to the temple in prayer. And he says... Five times, I, 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 I. He's focusing on self. He doesn't once stand back and say, thank you, God, for what you've done in my life. He just goes by saying, I. 
God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, etc. He brags about himself. He brags about his own moral purity and religious piety. It's all about self. He's in love with self. And this love of self has blinded him to what he should be doing, loving others and thinking about others. Thinking less about himself and more about others. The Pharisee thought more highly of himself. He trusted in his own righteousness. He loves the gifts that God has given him more than the giver who is God. And sadly, he only grew in knowledge because this is what happens. And we touched on this last Sunday. He grew sadly in knowledge, in the knowledge of God. And when you only grow in knowledge of God, it, it makes you arrogant. It puffs you up. It makes you self-righteous. You think you know everything. Now you start looking down on people. Your attitude becomes all proud. And that's how a self-righteous attitude starts to develop. He became proud, he became hard-hearted, and he looked down on people. And Paul warned us, and he warns us in, in the book of Corinth. Knowledge makes arrogant, but love builds up. And, and, and knowledge does make you arrogant. Listen to people when you talk to them. And, and especially people think, the people who think they know it all. Who always are opinionated, always have the right answers. Never listen to you carefully. Never listen to your voice. Always hearing their voice. And this is how the, the Pharisee treated people. His arrogance got in the way. And this is how he showed contempt towards people. And he looked down on them. And did not show God's godliness or God's piety. And Peter warned us as well in his letter. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus and God our Saviour. Grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and knowledge. And with knowledge we need grace. We need grace to instruct us. To not allow that knowledge to puff us up. We need, we need grace to keep us loving through that knowledge. So we need to grow in both grace and knowledge. Not just knowledge. We need that grace to, to keep us humble and to instruct us to, to keep on loving people. Grace cultivates love, which keeps us humble, which causes us to love God and love our neighbor. But this Pharisee, like I said, was just growing in the knowledge, and he was conforming to the world, and he was treated, treating people as he liked to see them. Pride was his biggest downfall. He honored God with his lips, but his heart was far from God. And we must be aware of that. What we honor God with. So this first point. The, the false righteousness that came from Luke chapter 18 verses 9 to 11. Was, was, it, was a false righteousness that the Pharisee displayed. And we need to look at our own hearts and see. Is this our righteousness? Is it a false righteousness? And now we're going to turn to our second type of righteousness. Which is a true righteousness. And this is the righteousness that is justified before our Heavenly Father, which we now see worked out in Luke chapter 18, verses 13 to 14. And it's the tax collector. It's the person 
who was looked down, down upon in society. It's the most unlikely person. And we see here the tax collector. It's him that has the true righteousness. And we're going to see what made him have the true righteousness. Because we'll see that in the Christian life, in his life, that the way up is actually down. It's all about humility. In one sense, this is what this parable is teaching us. There's pride on the one side, a proud man. There's humility on the other side, a humble man. And we know that Jewish tax collectors were seen as traitors because of their connection with the Romans, who the Jews hated. They collected taxes from their own people. They actually took more than what they should have. And they were loathed and treated as outcasts. And because they were looked down upon, especially by the Pharisees, they probably understood God as seeing them like this as well. That's what happens. When you keep knocking people down, they lose dignity. They lose all perspective of life. They eventually see themselves like you tell them. And this is what a self-righteous attitude does to people. But this tax collector, when he approached the temple, he stood far away from the holy place. His posture spoke of his unworthiness before God. He was unable even to lift his eyes to heaven because of the burden of his guilt and shame, which weighed heavily upon him. At most times, he probably took more taxes from his own people than was asked. And, and he came here with this, this heavy heart. And he came before God. Have mercy upon me, eh? sinner and to overcome his transgressions he beats his breasts his breast in sorrow and repentance and appeals to god for mercy god be merciful to me this sinner but is this not how we all should be waking up in the morning every morning we should be waking up crying out to god be merciful to me this sinner lord have mercy upon me we should be waking up in the morning According to Matthew 3, 8, where John says, Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And repenting every day, every morning, Lord, forgive me for I'm the sinner. That's bearing fruit. That is, that is keeping with repentance. Because Matthew 3, verse 8, acts in a way, because it indicates an inner righteousness. It, it tells us what's going on when we come to repentance. It tells us that we, we are seeing who we really are in God's eyes. We're unworthy. We're a sinner. And we, and we come there repenting. But the Pharisee, it was all basically outward conformity. Where the, where the tax collector is an inner righteousness. It's an Something that's going on inside him for who he really sees himself before God. God have mercy upon me. And today, we parade a lot around in, in self-righteousness. That has no humility. How can a self-righteous person, a proud person, be humble? We know God is opposed to the proud and he gives grace to the humble. We kind of pat ourselves on the back when we do something. But when we achieve something, we kind of get all puffed up and we want to kind of 
boast and brag about it. And we can do that in a subtle way as well. We kind of leave God out of our equation. Because everything that happens in our life is divine providence. God has allowed it. God has allowed us to have the talent we have or the gifts we have to do the things we do. And when we do well, it's because of His divine providence. Yes, we're responsible to, to, to work out what we have to do. But at the end of the day, we give glory to God. We can't pat ourselves on the back and say, well done, Mark, or well done, Peter. We have to acknowledge that God is the one that gives us the grace. And we need to give Him the thanks for His mercy and grace. Because it's only by God's grace, I am who I am. Or we are who we are. So when we achieve something in our church or in our community or in our home, we should boast in God, not ourselves. And the, and the tax collector shows the kind of heart that Jesus spoke about on the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Someone that's poor in spirit will realize how desperately he needs God's grace and mercy every day because he's a sinner and he's unworthy of God's grace and mercy. He sees himself in God's eyes. The poor in spirit are those who recognize that they are in need of God's help. Like I said, God's grace and God's mercy. And the tax collector recognized his sinful condition that as a human being, he is just a sinner, dependent on God for mercy and grace to help him for who he sees himself. This is why he cries out, have mercy upon me, a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. All Christians are a sinner saved by the grace of God. We are all still sinners, but clothed in Christ's righteousness to take our eyes off self and to fix them on Jesus, to allow the Holy Spirit to sit on the throne in our heart. We come to His Word so that He then can govern our lives through the Word. We can submit to Him and we can walk in His ways and honour God through that in humility, in compassion and in love. Not like we once were. We were on the throne full of arrogance, full of pride, full of self-righteousness. No, we now are clothed in Christ's righteousness. And now we have a standard. And the standard how to live and walk comes from God's word. And the Pharisee took his eyes off God. And he became proud in his achievements. All the outward things. But this man, the tax collector, he still kept his eyes on God. And he knew his problems were inwardly. And that's what God looks at. The heart. The tax collector pours out a confession of his sinfulness to his, for he appeals for God's mercy. He displays the kind of heart that God looks at. The psalmist says, The sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Isaiah says, But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. This tax collector trembled 
at God. He couldn't even lift his head. He couldn't even look up to the heavens. All he could do was just beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Because he knew that God could just wipe his life out like this. Have mercy upon me. And we take God's mercy for granted. We just think we can get up in the morning and think we're going to arrive home at the end of the day. That we're going to be fine and we're going to be happy. And that everything's going to go well. We take God for granted. We take his word for granted. We actually take God full stop for granted. We need to be spending time in his word. And we need to be confessing our sins. Because this book is a mirror. When I look at this book, I see who I really am. And I have to cry out to the Lord, have mercy upon me, the sinner. Because God shows me my faults, my weaknesses. He shows me my sins. And then I pray, be merciful to me, God. And use your word to sanctify me and grow me in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sanctify me so that I may be transformed more and more in Christ's likeness. That is our goal. That is our achievement at the end of every day. And the beginning of every day is one to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can love people and not be contempt towards people. The tax collector had a fear of God in his heart. He knew his God as the all-powerful, all-holy God, the holy creator of the universe, and therefore he needed his grace and mercy every day. And I think of Daniel. Daniel in the lion's den. We know what happened with the guys that were jealous of him, envious of him, and they tried to trap him. They wanted to know how they could actually get rid of Daniel. So they went to the king, and they got the king to sign something that they can only bow down to you, king. And if they don't bow down to you, then we throw them to the lions. But Daniel, who had a true righteousness, he kept honoring God. He went up to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber, open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. That is true righteousness, because a false righteousness would have closed those windows and would have run from people seeing what he's doing. That's, that's sad. Because it's easy when things are going well to parade your righteousness. But what is your righteousness going to be like when things are against us? Are we still going to display a true righteousness like Daniel? Stand up for the truth. He was clothed in true righteousness and he carried on trusting God, honoring God. And giving thanks to God in spite of what the outcome was going to be. Because Daniel knew and he knows that wisdom and might belong to his created God, the God of heaven. And as we go through COVID-19, it's the same for us. Wisdom and might belong to our created God, the God of heaven. He's sovereign over what's going on. Entrust your life to him. What's going on in your life now. See, this tax collector was accepted by God. He was declared right before God, all because he had a true righteousness, because he saw himself as a wretch sinner in need of God's mercy and grace. And therefore he was exalted. The humbled will be exalted, but the ones that exalt themselves, they will be humbled and broken. The Pharisee thought he was a righteous man, but he was not. Tax collector thought he was an unrighteous man, but he was. 
And what's so beautiful about this, this parable is that in Luke chapter 19, God goes to Zacchaeus, a tax collector, and saves him. God saves whom he wants to save. And he has mercy upon whom he wants to have mercy. And he has grace upon whom he wants to have grace upon. Are you willing to humble yourself and trust this God? And allow him to be God in your life through a true righteousness? Or are you going to continue in a false righteousness? Through pride, disobedience, rebellious. Or are we going to really humble, come humbly before God, repent of our sins, and ask God to, to be merciful to us, this sinner? It's amazing how Jesus draws Zacchaeus to himself and saves him. See, Jesus unsettles the people's thinking. People who think they know who the true righteousness are. The people they think who are justified before God, who are declared right before God. But we need to rethink, who are the true righteousness? Who are the people that have true righteousness? Is our righteousness like this? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Will we look to this tax collector, look at his righteousness, true righteousness, and knowing that we are justified and accepted by God our Father. So these two types of righteousness that we looked at this morning, from this parable in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14, one is a false righteousness and the other one a true righteousness. Will we examine our hearts to see whose righteousness do we parade? Is it the Pharisees' righteousness or is it the tax collector's righteousness? Jesus said, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. All scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness. We cannot be passive when we, when we want to work our righteousness out into the world. We have to come to the scriptures to train our righteousness, to be true righteousness. We have to know that our righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees. They had a false righteousness because everything was externally. Look at me, what I do. But not this tax collector. He just beat his chest. Lord have mercy upon me. See a true believer. A man or woman who has a true righteousness. Has a righteousness. That is broken. And contrite in quality. One who is humble and trembles at God's word. Obeying the word of God. It's a righteousness that works from the inside out. And starts with the new heart that God has given us. We are created in His image and we are a new creation which makes us now a slave of true righteousness. A righteousness that is dead to sin but alive to God and surpasses that of the Pharisees' righteousness that God looks upon. That is the one who will be justified before our Heavenly Father. The one who has a true righteousness. Go back. Read over from verse 8 to verse 14 of Luke chapter 18. Read over this parable and ask yourself, 
a very hard